Welcome and welcome back. We're going to have a lot of new members this year, so make sure to welcome the new folks. They might be coming in the weeks ahead. You ready to go? I love this time of year. People have more energy. I love summer too, but you know, July and August, they're kind of like the interlude between two phases of life rather than the main event. The main event begins now in the year ahead. We need to do stuff with our lives. We need goals. If every day was summer, sooner or later we'd be bored. At the synagogue, we're regaining the spring in our step that we lost in summertime. Everyone is back, or will be, in days. Tomorrow we have our first B'nai Mitzvah of the season, right? Ben, Daniela. Religious school starts on Sunday. Our preschool starts next week. Synagogues need to be bustling. I often complain to our staff that when our school children are not in the building, it's way too quiet for me. I need to hear the travails of toddlers. Unless they're hollering in the hallways, I don't feel I'm doing my job. I need to hear our youth yelping and our tweens twitching, disrupting our meetings. It's all for a good cause. They're excited to be here. Of course, they love summer too. And if you ask them, especially the older kids, they might happily exchange a full year of summer for a full year of school. But not really. Even our youngsters are excited to be back. I know, because I spend time with them. Some have grown two inches in two months. It's fascinating how that happens. B'nai Mitzvah students leave town as children and return two months later, young adults, poised, confident, and mature. Growing in confidence and maturity should be the goal for all of us. Life should be about continuous growth in wisdom, sensitivity, compassion, empathy. As the years unfold and we move into different phases of life, we should seek ever more understanding and meaning. Things have happened to us in this interlude between two seasons. Some of us have fallen ill. Some of us have lost loved ones. We have resolved some challenges, and new ones have arisen. The Jewish calendar encourages us to use this time wisely. We are now in the Hebrew month of Elul, the period after summer when our tradition sets aside a whole month to prepare for the High Holy Days. Judaism was never big on self-centeredness, most of our experiences are communal, not individual. Even prayer requires a minion, a community of Jews. Our festivals mark events affecting the entire people, not the individual. We place central importance on social justice, the welfare of society at large. Revelation in Judaism, in contrast to the other great Western faiths, occurred not to an individual, but to the entire people congregated at the foot of Mount Sinai. We are community-based, 
Our thinking and our actions are predominantly collective, not individual. It's one reason I think that a disproportionate number of Jews are active in social justice causes. Still, there's one period in the year when we focus on ourselves. It's this period, the month of Elul, leading up to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. If you haven't started your inner, inner contemplation yet, if you haven't begun the work of self-repair, what are you waiting for? It's already late. Show some urgency. Like our youth, you too should be asking yourself, what do I want to be when I grow up? Who am I? What am I? What is my purpose? How do I want to change? How shall I improve? The Parsha of the week is called Shoftim, towards the end of Deuteronomy, the final book of the five books of Moses. True to form, Shoftim is primarily about society. It contains this fascinating collection of laws and moral expectations related to social welfare. It begins with the instruction to appoint judges. Shoftim veshotrim titen bechol she'arecha. You shall appoint judges and officers in all your gates. Mishpat tzedek, justice, is the predominant concern. Our focus is the collective. Still, Judaism understands the connection between social repair and personal repair. The sages wanted a balance between the needs of the individual and the needs of society at large. Hillel taught, if I am not for myself, no one will be for me. But if I am only for myself, what am I? The whole point of this season of introspection is to get ourselves right first so we can help others get right. If our heart is not right, we cannot change the heart of others. Thus, some commentators understand the biblical verse mandating the appointment of judges as a command to judge yourself first. They point to the actual words of the Torah. Shoftim veshotrim titen lecha. You shall appoint judges lecha for yourself. Start with yourself. Appoint yourself as judge to yourself. Judge yourself first before you judge others. Do not be easy on yourself and hard on others, say the rabbis. Do not be quick to forgive yourself and slow to forgive others. Do not expect of others more than you expect of yourself. It's hard to do, right? Most of us are harder on others than we are on ourselves. We expect more of them. Most of us have much less 
sympathy for others than for ourselves. Mel Brooks explained that tragedy is when I cut my finger. Comedy is when you walk into an open sewer and die. We expect more of others. We hardly ever stop to assess whether there was something flawed in our approach. That person insulted me, darn it. And he's wrong. It hardly dawns on us to ask whether we said something or refrained from saying something that caused the upset. That teacher, that parent, that friend, that board of trustees, they judged me unfairly. Who do they think they are? We hardly pause to consider, could I have done better? Maybe they're right, or at least partially right. Maybe they have a point. There might be something that they said that was good and accurate and true, helpful. We are quick to assign blame to others. Now, like that couple in therapy whose 20-year marriage was teetering on the edge, the husband detailed at length all of the things that had gone wrong in their marriage and in each case blamed his wife. Finally, the therapist asked him, you think that the entire responsibility for your trouble rests with your wife? He paused for a long while and finally replied, no, not really. I concede. She's only 50% to blame. The other 50% is the fault of her mother. <laughs> if we begin judging the world by judging ourselves first, we will have fewer complaints against God and against fellow human beings. Beware if all you see are the transgressions of others, the unfairness, the injustice, the intolerance, the rudeness, the crudeness of others. If that's all you see, you're likely blind to your own flaws. In an era that seems to value identity more than responsibility, when individuals and groups compete to claim victimhood, they are the victim of circumstances or oppression and their grievance is harsher, crueler, and more unjust than yours. When so many claim to need protection from some person or group, when so many accuse and shame others to achieve what they want, when if something goes wrong with me, I look to blame anyone but me, given the culture of our times, Take this month of repentance, introspection, and forgiveness to look inwards. Take a snapshot of yourself. That's a good Jewish selfie for the season. Take the measure of yourself. Take responsibility and express accountability. Hold yourself to the same or even higher standards than you hold others. Do not claim justice for yourself and commit injustice towards others. Do not be quick to forgive yourself and slow to forgive others. Start with yourself and be honest with yourself.
Get yourself right first, and then go out and change the world.